Welcome to The Effective Lawyer, a podcast for ambitious attorneys who want to improve their practice. My name is Jack Zinda, and I'll be your host. All right. So how are you guys doing today? Great. It's been a great day. Interviewed some wonderful people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about y'all's background? I know each of you have an interesting road on how you got to our firm and working in the recruiting and HR departments. So Allison, uh, how'd you get here? So I was a litigator for six years, practiced a lot out in New York as a general commercial litigator. Uh, found that being a lawyer was really not for me. It took me about six years to figure that out. And I did a lot of soul searching and spoke with a lot of people, wanted to use my JD in some way. Um, but I needed something that was a little bit more social, a little bit more interacting with people during the day. And I found that recruiting lawyers was a great mix of all of that. So I started uh, working at a search firm in New York where we placed lawyers in roles at law firms as well as companies as in-house counsel. And then I'd worked with uh, one firm in particular while I was there, and I found that I really liked being a part of that firm and watching them grow and filling a number of positions there. And that really led me to decide that I wanted to work for one firm, be instrumental in their growth and really help them expand and and feel more like I was part of a team. Well, and what do you do for us? Um, So I am the recruiting manager here at Zenda Law Group, and I recruit for all positions at the firm. So that obviously includes attorneys, um, but paralegals, uh, marketing team, finance, um, COO, any position that we have open at the firm, I recruit for that role. Well, and uh, Christy, you also have an interesting background. You were a practicing lawyer as well, right? I was. So prior to coming to Zinda Law Group, I was a labor and employment practice leader for a boutique law firm in Fort Lauderdale, handled labor and employment litigation matters, and I found myself handling a lot of human resources issues for my clients. Um, And for me, I was able to give them a recommendation, but I wasn't able to affect a lot of change or able to make sure they actually did the right thing. And I I got really interested in that aspect of my job. And so I thought, hey, what if I could be the one for a company or for a law firm, whoever it is, to make those decisions and help make sure that uh, the human resources department is functioning smoothly and it plays hand in hand with the legal side of it. So I thought, hey, maybe I'll look into HR as a full-time career. I also knew I wanted to move to Austin and luckily Zinda Law Group was looking for an HR coordinator who had a law degree. So that's how I got here. And Allison, in recruiting, when you were working uh, for a recruiting agency, what were some of the things that you saw law firms do really well and some of the things you saw them do really poorly? So I'll start with really poorly, and then I'll I'll go back to really well. Um, They, I I found, didn't vet their candidates that well as far as skill set. Um, They were very good at making small talk and seeing if someone was a good culture fit. Can we all get along? Can we find some position at the firm for them? Um, But I I don't think they did a particularly good job of figuring out whether someone really had the skills for that particular position. What I thought they did well is the candidate experience. Um, That's something that I think law firms, particularly the big law firms, do very well. They have entire teams that are dedicated to that. When they do on-campus interviewing at the law schools, 
they roll out the red carpet for the law students. They have in-depth summer programs where the attorneys, or excuse me at the time, law students, uh, not only find out what it's like to work at the firm, but are wined and dined. And when you interview as a lateral attorney, uh, they, they do something similar. So I found that the candidate experience and the candidates typically walk away with pretty positive feelings about the firm. You know, I think that's that's really uh, can be a double-edged sword because I think on one end, you're showing people a great side of your firm, but it may not be realistic for what it's going to be like when you actually get there. And I don't know if you guys experienced this, but I had a lot of friends that went to work at certain firms and it wasn't what they expected. And after two or three years, they weren't happy and were looking for their next state. Did you guys see any of that with either, you know, people you guys went to law school with or people that you recruited for? I saw it personally. Um, I worked at a large law firm in New York and as a summer associate, it's great. You leave every day at 530. You go for really nice lunches. Um, and then when you get there as an associate, your hours essentially double. And I, I knew that going into it, um, but the reality of doing that day in and, and day out was very different. You know, and one thing that I had to think about when we decided to create a recruiting department is why did recruiting matter to a law firm and what what part of recruiting was important to get great people? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think having a recruiting department is really important because the people are the firm and making sure that you're getting good people all the time really is paramount. Uh, the firm that I mentioned that I did a lot of work with when I was at a search firm, they tried sourcing on their own and they found, they built. So they found the, the lawyer that spoke to me said, well, I just spent you know 200 hours of my time that I could have been billing trying to find one immigration attorney where I you know, could have hired you to place those individuals at the firm. And then they did. And we were very successful at that. Um, so I think it takes a lot of pressure off the attorneys at the firm to have someone else who's dedicated to that. Um, and it, it really is a full-time job. I mean, I remember when I interviewed at the firm and I was thinking, I, I can't believe the firm needs a full-time recruiter. I hope I'm not bored. I have not been bored one day in almost three years at the firm. It's a really active and exciting role. You know, and I remember before you came on, uh, there was so much pressure to hire someone quickly that you start cutting corners in the recruiting process. And what I've noticed in one, having a process outlined, I think is really critical in trying to stick to it. So you learn from prior mistakes. Uh, and Christy, you can probably speak to this, but it is very costly if you hire the wrong person. Absolutely. Um, so prior to Allison coming to the firm, not only was I doing HR, I was also doing the recruiting for the firm. And, you know, one of the early lessons that I learned is how important recruiting truly is to a law firm. Um, because when you do bring on or, you know, find, I don't want to say the wrong person, but maybe it's not the right fit. It doesn't work out. It impacts the firm in so many different ways. It impacts everything that the HR department does. It impacts the legal side, it impacts, it impacts everything. It impacts the culture and how we do things moving forward. So I think it's really bad for morale too. I think, absolutely. you know, even if someone was terrible at their job, it's just sad if someone has to leave somewhere that they've gotten to know people. Absolutely. You know, and one thing that I've found that I've tried to be more upfront about when we bring people on is what are the, the good parts and bad parts about working here? So we get the right fit. So someone doesn't come in and realize this isn't for me. And I think some firms and businesses in general sometimes bank a mistake by not putting all of that on the table. Like, what can I really expect my day-to-day -day job to be like? 
and what can I expect the difficulties to be if I'm making a move? You know, one of the things that I think lawyers struggle with is time management when it comes to recruiting. What things have you guys seen that's worked well in order to maximize the attorney's time and allow us to vet as many candidates as possible? Um, I think having myself or, or Chrissy or another member of our team do a first round short interview. So we really are doing a lot of the vetting on our end. Um, and because we've now been here for a while, we really do have a sense and we can make that decision in you know, a 10, 15 minute interview as to whether we think someone should come in for a longer interview. Um, so what that really does is allow us to have proper vetting and, and again, to decrease our attorney's time where they're spending a lot of time interviewing candidates. If if we schedule someone to come in to meet with one of our attorneys, we've already made a determination that that person is probably a good fit. We need the attorneys to determine whether they can do the work well at the firm. I think that's really important. Those, those two parts of the puzzle is one, are they good culture fit? And two, will they have the ability to do the job well and do it at a high level? And I think what I find is really helpful is to explain the culture to the candidates in the interview process so they know what your culture's like. And at our firm, we have core principles, which we've created that outline what we're all about. And I think that does some self-vetting. I know in some of our job postings, we've put some interesting things in. What sort of things have you guys put in the postings that we've done? And then where do you guys typically see job postings being effective? Um, we've changed up our job postings I'd say in the past six months or so, and I think they've been very effective. And the reason I know is candidates tell me about the job posting. They're quoting part of the job posting back to me. For as long as I've been here, one of our core principles is we all take out the trash. And I would say 50% of the candidates that I speak to mention that um, in a very positive way. A lot of people mention excellence always. And so that's you know obviously something that we're looking for. Um, but as I mentioned, we recently changed our job postings um, and in part to highlight the growth opportunities at the firm. And people mention that. In, in fact, today I was interviewing someone and we were talking about the growth potential and she said, oh, I noticed in your job posting that you had listed that someone who started out as a you know, part-time, one-day-a-week uh, paralegal ended up becoming the chief of staff at the firm. And it's nice to hear those things being you know, repeated back to you, I, I do think it means that our job postings are, have been effective. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, Christy, what areas have you seen us post jobs with success? Like what are the websites or locations? If you're, if it's a solo practitioner or a smaller firm, where would you say, hey, you should post your job here and you're probably gonna get the most bang for your buck? Absolutely. So if you're looking for um, an attorney, Texas State Bar is a great place to do that. Now you are gonna have to pay a little bit of money for that, but that's where attorneys find their jobs. Um, Indeed is also a great place to, to post uh, for your positions, um, whether it's an attorney or a staff position, everyone's on Indeed. Indeed is I think the largest job site in the world. So it's, and you can also post free jobs there. So it's a great place to find people. The other great thing, especially for an attorney or even a legal position, you can post to the law schools. Um, you can post to the top 100 law schools and really cast that wide net to get an excellent attorney candidate. Well, and our firm has grown rapidly the last 10 years, and 
five or six years ago, we did not have a very large recruiting budget. So there's a few tips that I've seen where you can do things relatively inexpensive that can get you more bang for the buck if you don't have a big budget or don't have a recruiting department. One is the law schools and universities will typically let you post a job for free if you reach out to them directly. Now that's a little bit more work and a little bit more of a headache, but it, it can be very effective and that's essentially free. I think putting something on your website when you're looking for a job posting can be really useful as well. I love Indeed because you don't pay unless you get a candidate applicant actually apply to your organization or I think, is that how it works, Allison? I think it actually works by you pay based on how many people click on your job posting. But the nice thing about Indeed is you decide how much per day you want to spend on your job. So for us, if it's a high priority position, something we want to fill relatively quickly, we're going to make our per day budget higher than if it's a, a position that we maybe can take a little bit more time to fill. Indeed works like a conveyor belt. So let's say you say it's a dollar a click and you do $10 a day. After you're at the top of the heap and then 10 people click on your job posting and then you go on the conveyor belt. But the next day, you're back on top. And one thing you could do is to check your job posting, let's say at six o'clock at night to see, well, am I on the first page still or now am I on page seven? If you're on page seven, maybe you want to increase your spend. If you're on page one, maybe you can decrease your spend. So Indeed gives you that flexibility. You know, and the second part of it is, uh, at least back when I opened the firm, the economy wasn't great. We would just get bombarded with resumes. And I remember just having my inbox just full and trying to figure out how I was going to vet all these candidates. Have you guys found any software programs or any techniques to help vet certain candidate, or not vet, but in order to organize the candidates and decide which ones make it to the next level? We use Bamboo as our applicant tracking system. Um, and when I first came to the firm, it was the first time I had ever used an applicant tracking system. And it's great. Um, what you do is applicants can apply directly through the applicant tracking system. So all their information appears in a list. Let's say we're looking for an entry-level paralegal. Um, Bamboo will generate a link. You put that link in your job posting and candidates will use that link to apply directly for the job. So they're able to upload their resume and cover letter. We can then go in and review the resumes, um, give the candidate, you get one to five stars and you can put notes into Bamboo and you can move the candidate through the pipeline on Bamboo. If it's someone that you want to meet with, you can set it for schedule video interview. If it's someone you want to bring in for an in-person interview, you can set that. If you're moving on to a second round interview, you schedule set second round interview. And those statuses are uh, customizable. So we have created them for what works for us, but you can create them for whatever works for you. And we say that if it's not in Bamboo, it didn't happen. So we make sure that any conversation that we have with any of our candidates that are in the pipeline um, go into Bamboo so we know exactly where we are with everyone in the conversations that we've had. Zinda Law Group is a plaintiff's personal injury law firm made up of over 30 lawyers that handle catastrophic personal injury and wrongful death cases throughout the United States. We regularly co-counsel and joint venture with firms across the country. Over the last several years, we have paid millions of dollars in joint venture co-counsel fees to the law firms we work with. If you are a law firm or attorney and have a catastrophic personal injury or wrongful death case you would like to joint venture or work with Zinda Law Group on, 
please reach out to us at 800-863-5312 or email us at info at zdfirm.com and we can set up a time to discuss your case. I think something that we do really well is we try to get as many people involved in the hiring process as possible. And I think that that helps to see, does everyone see the same thing in this person? And also allows to make sure everyone feels like they have an opinion on who we're bringing on to to certain teams. And Christy, jump in if I get this part wrong, but I think our process right now is someone applies, then we do a short 10 to 15 to 20 minute interview. Then that, the notes from that are run up to someone in the department they're gonna work in. And then we bring them for a more extended interview, usually typically with two to three people. Yes, so that's generally correct. Uh, Because we're fortunate enough that we've been able to grow our recruiting department, um, typically it's a short 10, 15 minute video interview with the candidate. If we like them, we do bring them in for a a longer interview, either with Allison or even with myself first, before we even bring in the person from the department that we're hiring for, because we wanna make sure before we take their time out of their day, this person could be a good fit. Once Allison or I determine that they're a good fit, we would bring in maybe that person's uh, potential manager and have the manager come in and do an extended interview with that person. Um, And then if there's any other decision makers that need to meet with that person, we'll schedule another interview for them as well. So it's not a fast process. We really take the time to vet each person because we wanna make sure it's the right fit for a lot of reasons. We wanna make sure we're hiring the best people. So we wanna get everyone's opinion and get everyone involved because it also, on our end, on the employee's end, it gets them committed and involved and it gets them excited about the new person that's gonna be on their team and invested in their success. Yeah, I think it's really important to take your time when you're trying to hire someone, especially an attorney who maybe is moving from a different part of the country to come work at your firm or is switching practice areas. What do you guys find is better experience or potential or both? Or do you guys have an opinion on that one way or the other when it comes to lawyers that are trying to join a law firm? I think it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I'm not a sports person, but someone gave me a pretty good sports analogy once. Are you looking for a good athlete or are you looking for a third baseman? And that might depend on what your hiring needs are at the time. So we're a plaintiff's personal injury law firm. Sometimes we need to bring in someone who can hit the ground running and then their experience matters. Sometimes we are looking for someone that we can mold. And so if they just have raw talent, that could be a wonderful fit at the time for us. Yeah, I completely agree. Christy, what do you think? Uh, We've seen success either way with some new people who have really great potential. Maybe we love their drive. We love the reason that they want to be a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer. And then we've also seen when someone has experience, yeah, they can come in and hit the ground running and have great results. But we've also seen the opposite, right, where someone maybe has a lot of experience, but they come in with a lot of bad habits or thing, preconceived notions about our practice and the practice in general. And maybe they're not as successful because they're not willing to, to learn, even though they've been doing it for a while. To me, I think it, a lot of it comes down to passion. Are they passionate about helping people and helping our clients? I think that's really important to our principles. Are they open to a new way of practicing law? And do they have the requisite skills? Or are they willing to acquire them and put in the hard work to do that? And we've had great success with people with a lot of experience coming in and doing a great job. And then people with the same amounts of experience who just aren't open to doing things a certain way. I think I learned that the hard way early on in my career, you know, hiring people with a lot of experience and not paying as close of attention to, well, what is that experience? 
you know, is it experience practicing law at a high level or is it experience practicing law in a different field? Uh, because the skill sets don't always translate. You know, just because our firm does one way doesn't mean another one is. And they may be a better fit for a firm down the street versus our firm. And I think that vetting process is really critical. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to being passionate about what we do. Um, because with some of the people who may have had a lot of experience and they haven't worked out, it really came down to they weren't committed to our mission and what we were trying to accomplish. And that's so important here, especially for a plaintiff's firm for personal injury. The people who want to do this are truly client-centered. They're, you know, at the end of the day, it's like what's best for the client and they keep that top of mind. Um, so even if they're, maybe they don't like the way we do something, they're going to do it because they're doing this for the client. Yeah, I completely agree. And I remember early on in my practice when we were growing and I desperately needed people to come on board. I call it the warm body syndrome. Like it's a warm body. You have a law degree, get in here and start doing some work. And it became a rotating door because, you know, they come in, they're not very good, they leave, or maybe they don't like what they're doing. And what I've learned over the years, the more desperate I am to bring a new person on because of the need of the organization, the more I need to slow down. I need to be cognizant of that feeling and know that is impacting our decision-making. And that's what I really loved about working with you guys and the other attorneys in the firm is we're really able to collaborate and make decisions on hires as a group and you get all sorts of different perspectives. I also really believe in the idea that if one important person of the team doesn't feel great about a hire, you should pass even if the rest of the group does because they may be seeing something that you're not. And I think being a trial lawyer or being a recruiter, being an HR, you're really strong at understanding people and being empathetic and seeing the things that um, maybe little details reveal about someone. Uh, so I really like that as, as well. What mistakes, Allison, did you make early in your career in placing people at firms that you've learned and, and grown from? Uh, so I think the first thing is probably don't get blinded by someone's resume. Someone might have a great resume and you think, well, on paper, this person is the ideal candidate. Of course, they're going to be amazing. And you go in with preconceived notions about the person on the interview, which may or may not be true. So I think keeping that in mind and really looking beyond someone's resume, um, I don't know that I always did that when I first started. Um, another thing would be not to ignore red flags. If someone's had 10 jobs in 10 years, they're probably not going to stay at your company. Even if they tell you that this is the place for me, it's the only place I want to be, 10 jobs in 10 years is probably not a good sign. Um, and the last thing I think is, is listen to references. I think people think that we're just checking the box when we call references, but if a reference can't come up with something positive to say about the person that you're calling about, that's a big red flag and something to really consider before you make someone an offer. And I think it's very useful to, to make those reference calls, even though you may assume that it's always going to be positive. Typically, you can tell, read between the lines and, and try not to make it brief, you know, try to really dig in. So tell me what they did there. What were they great at? You know, what areas would you say I should get them more training so you can kind of hear what the strengths and weaknesses are of each candidate? And I'm a big believer that past is prologue when it comes to experience, especially when you get with an attorney that's five plus years in their practice. You know, you start getting to 10, 15 years, and like you said, they've had 10 jobs. That's indicative that they may not be there very long. One technique that I found very useful when reviewing a resume is I tell their story out loud. 
I say, okay, I decided to go to college here. Then I went to law school. Then I did this. Then I did that. If the story starts sounding really wacky, then maybe they're not the best fit. And wacky, I mean, if you've had 12 jobs and they have great explanations for all 12 jobs, <laughs> but how many people have that much bad luck? What do you guys think are the are some good tips for young attorneys that are trying to get noticed by law firms? How do you get to the top of the pile and uh, stand out? I think people don't realize just how far an actual good-looking resume goes. Submit a resume with a nice cover letter that is geared towards the position that you are applying for. Not everybody does that. Um, but something that just looks professional definitely catches my eye, and I'm a lot more inclined to give that person a shot than I am for someone who, where it seems like they've put no effort at all into a resume and cover letter. I mean, Christy and I get tons of resumes in every day for, and we're hiring for a lot of positions all the time. So that is definitely one way to stand out. I, I completely agree. Christy, what do you think? I think another way to stand out is when the candidate does their research, whether it's on you specifically, on the firm. Um, I've read cover letters where someone referenced my past uh, time at a law firm and said, I see that you were a practicing attorney and you came to Zinda Law Group, but I was really impressed that they took the time to look, look up who I was and try to make that personal connection. Um, it shows that they're really invested in this job opportunity. I completely agree. I, there's nothing funnier than when someone addresses the wrong firm in a cover letter. <laughs> Happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> or they come in and they know nothing about the law firm. They're like, so what, what type of law do you guys practice? Mm -hmm. and, and that's not going to last very long. I also think personally dropping off your resume and cover letter goes a long way. Um, or mailing it. I think that's a way to get across to someone's desk. I know before when I was really busy and I didn't have a recruiting department, it was just myself and my paralegal, I would have them print a stack of the resumes and cover letters and I would go through them until I found five people to interview. And after that, I stopped looking because there's just so many to get through. I didn't have enough time. So you've got to think of ways to stand out and get to the front of the pack. And I think the other thing, not even before the interview, but after the interview, send a thank you card uh, for sure. At the interview, wear a suit. Even in the initial first round 10 minute video interview, we can see you wear a suit, look professional, um, treat it as if you were doing a three hour interview for sure. Uh, thank you cards go a long way. And in-person drop-offs um, definitely, definitely help because you can actually feel the quality of the paper of the resume or see how much time they took to put something together. And I would tell young attorneys as well is don't try to go after a hundred positions, find two or three you really want and just go after them very aggressively. Another couple tips for posting jobs. If you're a small law firm and have a tight budget, social media can be great. Getting out there and networking can be really useful and looking that as part of your marketing is trying to focus on making networks of potential hires. I know we've gotten a lot of great attorneys that have joined our firm because they were friends of people within the firm, because those can be your best spokespeople. Yeah, absolutely. When I first got to the firm, our recruiting budget was definitely not what it is now. Um, and I remember I would post the job postings on my own personal Facebook, and I would ask my friends, to my attorney friends, to share it um, to see if they knew anyone. And I don't know if that was a great success, but it felt good because people want to share in your success and they want to help you out. So don't be don't be shy about posting on your own personal social media as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, what about interview questions? What are y'all's tips or techniques or strategies for how to pick out interview questions that are going to get you to um, to figure out what if this is a good candidate or not? 
I think first you have to figure out exactly what you're looking for um, in terms of filling that role. What skills are you looking for? What qualities are you looking for? And really focusing the questions on that. So certainly, you know, if you're looking for an attorney, you want to know, and let's say you're looking for an attorney who can come in as um, a more seasoned lawyer at the firm. So do they know how to take an, uh, an expert deposition? Do they know how to prepare for an, a, a trial, an argument, whatever the case may be? So you do need questions designed for those skills, and but you also want questions designed for other qualities. We want people that are hardworking. We want people that are problem solvers. So gearing your questions towards exactly what you're looking for in the person that you want to bring on. Yeah, I can really agree. I also find work products really useful as well, in addition to questions. And if you're hiring someone to take depositions day one, get a copy of their depositions. You know, they can redact them or get they can get their client's permission or they may already be public record. But I found that's very useful to see how they think. And I know we've had a lot of success in sending attorneys questions related to how they would practice law. Have you found that useful? Um, absolutely. Um for a number of reasons. One, we do request writing samples. Um, but unlike a transcript, a deposition transcript, a writing sample, we don't know how much editing there was. Um, but when we're sending someone questions and we want a written answer back, they're writing that their answers on their own. So I find it helpful for that. Um, and it also gives, you know, life is open book. So it gives someone some time to really think through an answer, and it gives us an opportunity to see how they really would think through something um, if they have some time and not quite as on the spot as you are during an interview. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think one thing when you're looking at work product, whether it's a writing sample, a depot transcript, or even those questions that we've sent to candidates, if that writing sample does not meet your standard, your quality of excellence, don't ignore that. Don't just think, well, maybe they just had a couple typos here, and maybe they, this just wasn't their best work. That is their best work. That's what they gave you. That's what they put forth for this job. So trust that and also trust your instincts whenever you have a red flag or something just doesn't look right to you when you're looking at work product. I completely agree. You are getting their best work. It's like a first date. This is the best they're ever going to be. It's just downhill from here. And so I think don't overlook that aspect of it. And trust your instincts. If something doesn't feel right, it probably is not. Right. And I would go with that opposed to overriding it, because I can't think of a time when I was really on the fence and struggling on whether to make a hire that it worked out. That was usually I was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole because we desperately needed that paralegal or that attorney. And it was kind of back to that warm body syndrome. And I was really trying to convince myself. Well, and also this goes back to the question about what were some of the mistakes you made early on? likability, someone's likability plays a huge factor in how you view them during the process. So maybe their writing sample isn't that great, but they were awesome in that interview. And sometimes you let that cloud your judgment and you really can't, you have to be as objective as possible when reviewing this, you know, in total, it's just, it's so important for your firm because this is who's going to be on your team and working with the team you already have and trust. And they might be a charmer in the interview, but when they get into the thick of it, maybe they can't write a memo or a brief and then you're you're stuck with someone who's not as you know doesn't meet your quality of excellence i completely agree are there any books you guys would recommend that a law firm or an attorney who is looking to add people on read would help them in that process i read or rather listened to um who by jeff smart and randy street and what what that book does is 
they present what they call the A method for hiring, which is like top grading. So that might be something that other people listening have heard of. And they're really giving you methods for ensuring that you're hiring A players. Um, and you might not need to incorporate everything that they say, um, but within the book are good uh, tips and strategies for hiring, some good interview questions, um, some good questions to ask references. So overall, I think uh, the book has a lot of helpful tips. Great. And the final note I just will leave you all with is, I think as with anything in life and in the practice of law, you have to spend time preparing to do this process and do it well if you want to do a great job. If you're going to wing it and run into an interview five minutes before unprepared, you're probably not going to do a good job embedding that person. So just like preparing for a deposition or preparing for trial, the hard work comes before the act itself. So, well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy day and talking with us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Effective Lawyer. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it five stars and leave us a review. To get notified about new episodes that are upcoming or have been released, go to zdfirm.com slash podcast to sign up for our mailing list.